Red Letter Challenge, still in play. Um, we're about halfway through, really, uh, the process of uh, the Red Letter Challenge. How many's enjoying the challenges so far? Amen. How many has uh, acted on the challenges thus far? Did something that it's asking you to do, whether it's be with Jesus, or last week was forgiving, and we need to learn how to forgive other folks. Anybody forgive somebody this week? Okay, we got a couple there. Sure, a couple there. I had to forgive Joe Don. She made my heart sink there tonight. She texted me one of those uh, little texts that just made me about fall through the seat. It's like my heart quit for a minute. Um, so I forgive you, Joe Don, for Thank your. You. I was uh, ask if you wouldn't. You are forgiven. Uh, just don't do it again. Uh, I don't know about the seven times seven. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to, I guess, because Jesus said to. Um, so. Of the five parts of the Red Letter Challenge, we know uh, from the beginning of our book and the initial uh, part of our book, the introduction, tells us that there's different parts and five different uh, functions of what Jesus said throughout all of his red letters in the Bible and how those uh, could be aligned with these five different core principles that the author finds out. And he said the first one was being, and we already looked at that and tried to live that out. Um, Nobody's got it mastered. Uh, we can all continue in that and continue to grow in that and having a long time with Jesus, praying, uh, reading our Bible, fasting, uh, studying God's Word, and uh, being with each other. Um, that's always a good thing. And second week we went through the second stage is uh, forgiveness that we just spoke about and how we need to forgive others even uh, when we don't want to. And when it's hard to, and the forgiveness uh, breaks chains, and I believe that, that uh, God, uh, through Jesus, even on the cross, the last day of his life, the last moments of his life, what did he say? The final words was, Father, forgive them, for they don't even know what they're doing. And sometimes people are so dumb, they don't know what they're doing. Yes. <laughs> and so if Jesus forgave those that were standing there with a spear getting ready to jab him in the side... And for those that have just whipped him with a cat of nine tails and those that nailed those uh, nails through his hands and his feet, if he forgave them for that, how much more should we forgive those for the little itty-bitty things that we find that's offensive to us? Amen. It pales in comparison to what he endured. And you hurt my feelings. You said a word about me. Oh, my gosh. That's how we get our feelings hurt today. He was forgiven them for actually killing him. Uh, I think we can do better. Don't your neighbor say, I think you can do better. Yep, you can do better. You can do better. You can do better. Okay. Ricky's giving me mean looks. She'll make me a brainy Bible Bible next week, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then this week, uh, coming into week three, it's, it's about um, serving. So this week, upcoming, and uh, some of you have already began in your book studies to um, see some of those words that the author's writing about how that the, there needs to be a serving aspect is what Jesus taught is one of these components that you can compile all the Bible together in Jesus' red letters and you'll find that Jesus was one who served and he was one that consistently served that it wasn't just an opportunity once a year to do something but it was a lifestyle that he lived so he knew how to be with his father. He could go up on the hill and pray. He would get away from his disciples for a minute. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I need to get away for a little bit. <laughs> Give me some space, man. Come on. It's a five-foot range. It's my circle. Stay out of it. Um, and he would forgive those. And Jesus, a lot of people wronged him. Uh, uh, even in his own childhood neighborhood, when he went back there to uh, do ministry, they didn't believe. And he said, because of your unbelief, I can't do very many miracles here because of your unbelief. But I'm sure he forgave them for that. And he went ahead and did things while he was there in spite of their unfaithfulness or their unbelieving of what he's capable of. But also he served so many, and we see all these pictures in Scripture uh, throughout the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where Jesus would go into communities and he would feed 5,000, he would feed 3,000, and he would uh, serve those that he come into contact with, the man with the withered hand, and, and he would serve the people. And if there's anything that the Christians need to be today, it is servants. Amen. The church should be known for our servanthood. And that's one thing I'm grateful for this church, the bridge, that uh, the seats here are full of people who serve day in and day out. You serve your community. You do it with dignity. You do it with grace. And Jesus is well pleased with your service. Not saying that he don't want to ask you to do more, but I truly believe that this church serves. If you believe that, let's say a good amen. Amen. So many in the community will come and tell us from time to time that they know that when they have a need or there's something going on, that if they look for a church and they think of a church, what church will I go to to ask them to help and assist us with some kind of community event? They say the first church that comes to mind is the bridge. And I'm grateful for that in Lewis County, that we are known as a church that serves. I preached a message a few years ago called How's Your Serve? And it was kind of geared off of um, ping pong because I'm the ping pong champion of Lewis County uh, not really but we had a ping pong, ping pong club a few years ago and uh, one of our connection groups it's pretty awesome because you get to come in and I've, I've uh, in high school because Coach Prater you know you got to get a good grade and the way he would make you have a good grade is that if you would dress out you got to see you know and I, that's pretty good, I'm, but I didn't dress out, so I'll just take the, take the hit on that one. Um, you know, then, then if you actually participated in something, you get a B. And, and then if you led in something and, and kind of uh, really was uh, forward thinking and getting outside the box, he would give you an A. And I never did get an A. Um, but I did learn that I could go down and play ping pong every now and then. It was kind of fun. I, I wasn't, no, wasn't any good at it at, at all, really. But... Uh, over time, I've become a little bit better, but the only part that I ever got good at was my serve. So if I'm going to score on you, it's that first hit. I get, I get one hit because if you hit it back, you win. It's just an automatic. It's on autopilot. I, I can serve well, but when it comes back, I, I kind of have a hard time uh, getting back in it. And it's just awesome to get to see so many kids, though. Um, it's just a way of life for us to get a, a better grade than we would have without doing anything and sitting on the bleacher. And thankful for Coach Prater and just awesome thing a while back to see the imagery of, of Coach Prater giving his life to Jesus Amen. Uh, down there at the Baptist Church in, in uh, downtown and it's just it's awesome to know that he's going to get to go to heaven and be with us forever Amen, Amen. and uh, I love other churches I love seeing other churches win people to Jesus and it's not a competition 
we're all in this together. Right. It's one big church, and this church is called Jesus' church. Yes. And um, we're not in competition with one another. We just believe that God uses all of us in our own way. Um, but this serve thing is uh, something that, like I said, I think I feel like we do really well at the bridge. Uh, I really do. I'm not just touting our own horn. I really believe that is true. Um, could we do better? Yes. Is there more things that needs done in our county? Yes. And could we be parts of those solutions? Yes. Um, and is Jesus going to use us in our future of being better servants? Yes. So today you've came and sat down in a church service where that uh, the challenge is individual. That Jesus is knocking on our heart's door as an individual to say, I'm asking you, if you think your county needs more and needs change, be involved. He's requesting of us, be examples of me and see your community change. How many would like to see our community change for the better? How many would like to get out of the mindset of saying there's never anything good happens here? Kids got to leave and never come back. And all these terms and these things that we just throw out in our general conversation of, of being negative natured. But I promise you this, that this generation that we see coming up, the young kids, the 20-year-olds, the 30-year-olds in this room, if we as the ones that are a little bit older will begin to serve in a greater capacity, we will see it inspire them because they want to leave the world a better place than they found it. This generation wants to see the world left in a better way than they found it. And I think they want to do that more so than any other generation that I've seen. I'm not all that old, but I've got gray in my beard. So we, and we've been around a while. I ain't calling you out on age or anything. I know you're 29. I'm a little bit older than that, but you know I know how that goes. Um, but let's use our wisdom to prove how wise we are is that we know that the only way the world changes is for us to be involved and help that change happen. Now, it isn't saying that we go force our ideals on somebody else and my way is always the right way because the minute you set up to do some kind of big servanthood project to go downtown and I thank God for the Christian church downtown um, that every year they do a serve day and they, you know, it's just awesome. And Leslie and several of us has went down there and got our shirts because that's what you go down there for, to serve, is to get a shirt, you know. And <laughs> it's pretty awesome to get, get the serve day shirts and I mean, to clean up the community, but you get down there and you get in a group and you don't know who you're going to end up in a group with. It's pretty amazing. Uh, I, I told a story a few years ago. One of the, the locals that's been in and out of prison, in and out of jail, in and out of trouble all their life. I, I've known them all my life. And, and to watch them come down there and walk through town like they always do and end up there seeing everybody serve, they just stumble over and say, well, I'm going to serve too. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. The church shouldn't say, well, you can't serve. You're a troublemaker. That's right. You, you've been in trouble. You're a sinner. You, you're not allowed to be like it. Put a shirt on, honey. Come on in. That's right. That's why we ought to be. Come on, somebody. So as this happens, the beautiful part is Ben Harrison attends that church, the county attorney, the guy that's prosecuted this person multiple times, and stood before a judge and said, he's guilty. Here's the reason. Here's what they did. Here's the, all the evidence. And, and let's put him behind the slammer. Guess what team they're to get <laughs> assigned to? It's a beautiful thing getting to watch Ben Harrison. If you know Ben, give him a good shout out that he served alongside of somebody that 
Uh, he'd been on opposite side of the fence from a time or two in his life, but he didn't do it with disdain. And to watch them two just get along and use a leaf blower and clean up our town, that's a picture of Jesus. That he'll use whoever is willing. If you're hungry and you're thirsty, come to this table and see if he won't transform your life. He desires to leave this world a better place than he found it, and he did that. And he's still doing that today through me, through you, through our kids, through the nursery work, through everybody, everything we do. He's still serving today through us. So, appreciate you being here. Did you see this? It's all about the Benjamins. Me and him's got a little thing going. Um, it's not money. <laughs> um, service. How's your serve? And uh, when I preached that message a few years ago, it's, it's you know asking you and, and challenging you. How's your serve? If you could give yourself a scoreboard today and say my service meets a fifty percent or a sixty percent, seventy percent, eighty percent, ninety percent, what is it? Do you get A, B, C, D, E? Well, it's AF, I guess, but you can make them into B's. All you do is draw a couple little circles on it. Um, nobody's ever done that or anything. You, know, you, can, you can actually do that. Um, glad mom and dad's not here um, for my report card days. Make it, you take an F and make an A out of it, too. You can just make it kind of round the top a little bit and draw it line straight down and become an A. It's, nobody ever did this? I'm the only one. Come on, Joe Dog, help me out. I'm sure I did. <laughs> Don't want to take that home and get the thrashing, so go do something. If you can't earn it, make it. Um, but how's your serve? So if that question is still relevant today, how is your serve? So if you're giving yourself a school board, and I, I want you to look at your neighbor right now, and I want you to tell them, what, what's your score? You get A, B, C, D, F, what, what, do you, what do you get? Just look at your neighbor right now and tell them your score on how well you feel like you're serving your community and your fellow man. It's awful quiet in here. I don't know. Is everybody failing? Or tell your neighbor how you're doing. You're still out to talk. I'm not going to take back over yet. Just go ahead and explain why you give yourself that grade. So now you told them I got a B, I got a C, I got a whatever. Now I want you to tell them how you're going to bring that level come up the next level and not cheat you know not like me not be a cheater but you know so tell them how you're going to do that there needs to be more talking this is the time for you to talk usually during sermons you're not allowed to so here's your moment awesome to have like a bridge servant of the year or something like that award to be pretty cool and to have something like that where you actually get recognized and be competitive would there be anything wrong with being competitive amongst the group you know the jewel thief Karen you know could be like that um, you know the, the disciples one time was worried about who gets to step inside of Jesus the closest and when you get to your kingdom do I get to sit next to you and 
I'm leaving these other ten out, you know, just me and you. Jesus like, you don't understand what it's all about. It's not about who gets the best seat. It's about you just getting to heaven. Amen? Amen. So, in thinking about server, serving, I, I'm part of an organization, and I'm not the best at uh, participating in organizations, but a few years ago, um, I went and uh, asked uh, someone I know, because I know there's a club in Ashland that uh, allows you to serve and, and serves the community really well and I've seen all the things they do and just a, a wonderful organization really and I, I went and asked and I said because you have to be invited the only way you're allowed to is to be invited so I, I went to somebody and I said could I be invited and he said sure I'll invite you and then when you go the first time and you're go as a guest and then when you come back as a guest the second time you pay for your lunch <laughs> so you gotta pay and that's okay but if you want to be a member, you have to have a sponsor and then a co-sponsor. So two people in the club basically invite you in. And one will, two of them will sign their name to say, yeah, this is a worthwhile candidate to be a member. And I've worked my magic and found two people that was my friends. <laughs> you know, all two of them. And um, had them to sign off and, and end up becoming a member and just... Um, Got to see the inner workings and, and you have to pay dues and, and Leslie loves writing those checks and she always asks me, Did you go to did you go to Rotary this week? Like because she thinks I'm paying so I can go eat. But it's actually bigger than that. Um so I go on Mondays to Rotary and they bring in a guest speaker and, and you do get a lot out of it because I, I mean it's an opportunity about I don't know, sometimes there's twenty people there, sometimes there's forty people there on a Monday. Um Sometimes I've seen as low as 10 people there on a Monday. But as that happens, they work through the alphabetical order of the member's last name, and that's when you get to bring a presenter in. And it's pretty amazing, you know, as these presenters come, some of them are, it's kind of amazing. I mean, we've had the president of UK College. I mean, that's pretty awesome to get him and, get a set and talk to him in a crowd of 30 people. President of Moorhead College, uh, just different uh, political leaders and uh, different businesses, all different kinds of leaders come and, and speak. And I always enjoy listening to them because they bring their perspective of how to serve the world and leave it a better place. Because they understand and they study when they come to speak to say, what is Rotary? They look it up, what is Rotary? Does anybody know what Rotary is? There's not one in Lewis County, so just because I work in Boyd County, I'm up there. Does anybody know what Rotary is? So their tagline is this, service above self. Service above self. Everybody say that with me. Service above self. That's easier said than actually lived out. And, I, and most of the people in Rotary are successful, very successful. Um, I mean, I, one of the people there is a, a descendant of Paul Blazer that built Marathon's refinery there in Catholicsburg, the guy that started it. Everybody 
gonna like come out all right. <laughs> you know, that's what everybody likes to say when somebody goes to the bathroom, right? Just, it, it, it come out all right. Um, <laughs> there's uh, bank presidents. There's just all kinds of super successful people there, and it kind of dumbfounded me because I've always had this mindset that those people that become so successful really don't care about others or selfish. Anybody think like that? Sometimes we 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 judge people according to what we think and what we feel, rather than seeing what do they do. So when I got in there and I saw all these people, and, and there is a uh, an award every year that they give out for who serves the most hours. I actually literally, if you go serve something, you have to turn in your hours at Rotary that proves it's like a scoreboard of who's keeping score all year long. You're not doing it to, for the scoreboard, but you're doing it to serve your community. But in that, they track it all year, and then uh, somebody wins every year. I've never won. For one, I don't live in Boyd County in Ashland, so they got the upper hand on me of living there, and they get to do more things in the community. But Leslie and I drove up several times. We served at the Chili Bowl, and just different things that they go out and serve the community and do uh, different things. We've been there. I've got some hours, but not like the rest of them. But these people are successful, <coughs> but in their success, they know that there's more to life than just hoarding and getting another dollar. They understand that, that there's just more to life than that. And in their sense of humanity, they know that it would be better for me to go help serve somebody, and I need an avenue to do that. Service above self. Everybody say it again. Service above self. And after being in the Rotary now for several years and seeing multiple people uh, serve and just do um, good deeds amongst the world, and one of their number one priorities is to do away with polio. So back in the 70s, they, they made it, their mantra was they was going to help uh, eliminate polio in the world. And it was running rampant at that time. There was, I, I know people that had polio, right? You probably know people that had polio. And... They was looking to eradicate it, and they set that their goal, that they made a goal. This is what we're going to do, and the money we give, we're going to go out, we're going to buy shots. And they went into this one uh, uh, part of the world on a continent and said, this specific place is where we're going to go first, and we're going to eradicate it here because it's the place where it's running rampant. So where there was the most need was where they went to, specifically. Millions of shots later, millions and millions and millions of shots later, it worked in that community. Then they went to other nations and other, other places and other continents. And today there's only two nations out of all the nations of the world that still have a polio problem. They did something intentionally. And I wonder if we would look around and see what is the need and do something about it. Not just sit back and gripe about it. Not that don't get recognized on the news enough, not complaining. I'm saying do something. What if we would serve in intentionality of knowing a specific thing, what does our community need? What could we accomplish if we would do that? Is there any needs in Lewis County? I don't know. Maybe you guys have to hunt a long time to try to figure out what, would there be a need in Lewis County. There's all kinds of needs in Lewis County. And Jesus is asking us service above self. So, but these people, though, in Rotary, it, some of them go to church. I mean, they pray every week at the meeting whenever we first get there. Um, 
Don Sederman's in his 90s, and he stands up every week that he's there, and he's, he leads us in prayer. We say the pledge of the flag, and it's just a beautiful thing to get a witness to these people. Serve others. But what hurts my heart is when I study and begin to look back to see why is there a rotary? Why did somebody found the rotary a hundred and plus years ago, 1905, one guy said, Chicago's a pretty bad place. I'm going to try to make a difference. I'm going to have a mantra, a service above self. And he set out and he went and found two other businessmen. He was an attorney. And he went and found two other businessmen. And he went to their business and they would have a weekly meeting. And they would rotate amongst their offices. Thus, rotary. Rotate. But he did this out of humanity's calls, not out of the gospel's calls. Now, he grew up with his grandparents. His mom and dad was out west, come on hard times, and they took two of their kids and just sent them to their grandparents. So he grew up with grandparents. And they took him to church, and it even tells in his history that he went to multiple different churches, and he understood religion, he understood philosophy, he understood a lot of things. He's a very intelligent person. And I'm not even going to say that he's not a Christian. I don't know. I can't judge that. Only God can but why does, why does the world in America have to have organizations like that when the church has a job to do? Amen. Why did the church lose track of its focus and become so inward and so uh, contained within our own four walls that we don't look outside and see what the need is out there? We care so much about what color the carpet is, what color is the paint on the wall, is there too much lights, is there too little lights, is it too warm, is it too cold? Is it, you know, we are so crybabyish as Christians that the world has to create organizations to do the job Jesus called us to do. Amen. That's our work. Take care of the widows and the orphans. That's our work. Pure and undefiled religion is this. That's what they said. Take care of orphans and widows. I think our church does a good job at that. But we can do better and we can do more. And there's more to be done. So as this happens... That this organization is created, and next thing you know, uh, people love success, don't they? People love making a difference. So as these three fellows started this organization, Rotary, it became something that just ignited in the community. And next thing you know, there was hundreds of different businessmen that was having a rotating curve, and they was going around to all these different businesses, seeing what each other's done, and serving the community above their self. How beautiful of an ideal. They had no idea that it was the cause of Jesus. Because Jesus sees the fatherless. He sees those that are hurting. He sees those that are sick. He sees those that are afflicted. And he sends whomsoever will to go. Even if he uses another agency other than the church, I believe he will. Because he cares. And I love Rotary. And I love being a part of it. And I'll continue to be a part of it because I believe in what they do. Service above self. Tell him, buddy, you got to go on. I hope he becomes a future Rotarian and starts the first one in Lewis County. Amen. Lions Club does good things here. How many thanks God for the Lions Club? Amen. Right? We got a, we still got a fair in the county we can go to calls the Lions Club. It's awesome. Lions Club does all kinds of good things. They take care of people. It's a beautiful thing. There's many different organizations, not just Rotary. There's lots of valuable 
contributing service above self organizations on this planet. But I think the one that ought to take the prize is Jesus' church. Amen. And that's our job. Yes. And that's where we get to make a difference. And studying some of my podcasts and just listening to, uh, hey, I still got time. My Bible Bible's keeping on going here. I'm, I'm doing pretty good today. Usually I run out of time. I'm, I got more time. This is pretty cool. It's, it's not normal, is it? Myelin. But these podcasts, and I listen to things about healthy church growth and church uh, just different leaders and different things to try to learn because I'll admit I don't know everything. Are, are you willing to admit? I, I don't know everything. I'm not a know-it-all. If you talk to me very much, you'll probably think I am, but I'm not. Okay? I, I don't have an answer for everything. And I'm glad I don't. And some people get mad at me whenever they ask me a question and I answer with a question. Right, Brittany? She always calls me out on that. She'll say, hey, Pastor, what do you think about? And I say, I'll, ask, I'll answer with a question. She's like, why do you always do that? I'm trying to make you think. And I always tell her that Jesus did it that way. Go back and look at the red letters in his Bible or somebody asked him a question, he would answer with a question because he wants you to think. He give you a brain, use it. You're very smart, Brittany. You can handle it. Life's tough, but you got it, all right? Give her a big hug, Eric. No, no, no. <laughs> Keep him out of this picture. I'll block him from your view so that you can actually have a clear train of thought for a minute. Um, but um, in these podcasts and things and, and trying to learn and, and see things from a different perspective, because I, I think as humans, too, the older we get, the more narrow our focus is. That, that we lose, and there are studies that prove this, that you can take a paper clip and ask a kid what it's for, a little four-year-old kid, and they'll, they'll come up with like 90-some ideals of what they could use that paper clip for. You can ask a 40-year-old, and they'll say it's what you use to paper, clip papers together. The older we get, the less we think outside the box, the less open-minded we are. It's true. How many know some closed-minded people? If they're sitting beside of you, just look straight ahead. Don't don't make any attention or anything. Don't end up in a fight in your seats in the church. But in these podcasts, they talk about the church and how that the church, the longer a church goes, that there's these seasons of growth and seasons of, of, of transition and change and all these things that happens in a church and how that as through those seasons they, they go, that the farther you get into the church and the life cycle of the church, that the church gets to a place where it becomes so inward focused they can't do any outside good because all they care about is their self. And even in this uh, sermon that uh, Pastor Zach wrote in the sermon guide was, he talks about how the um, churches, you know, the American culture is as a whole that we, we are consumers. Right? That, and they even listed in there, like Burger King says, you know, um, have it your way. We probably go to that restaurant because we get to have it our way, right? I can pick whatever I want. I got a big menu, and I can say no pickles. I can say Leslie gets mad at me because they cook mine fresh, and I get 
Fresh stuff. You say no salt on fries, guess what? They're going to cook that fries right then. You're going to get hot fries. You're not going to get old stale. I don't care if it's got salt on it or not. At least I'll have hot fries. I can say no pickle on a Big Mac. Guess what? I'm going to get a good fresh Big Mac. Maybe they might open up the box and throw the pickles off and hand to me, but in my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to get a good one. Have it your way. Some people say I'm a picky eater. I don't think so. I just like what I like. Some people eat anything that's put before them. I eat what I like. You can call me picky if you want to. I just like what I like. I like crackers. I love crackers. I mean, I just do. It's part of, I don't know, it's one of the food groups. It's, it's the main food group, really. I mean, Leslie gets mad at me. We go to Chinese and ask her for crackers, and somebody's like, no cracker. I'm like, come on, man. Buy some and put back in the back for me when we come here. No cracker for you. We went last weekend with Amy and Earl down to, uh, and Derek them down to uh, Tumbleweed. Tex-Mex. Is there no crackers in Texas or Mexico? What in the world? I mean, come on now. We like it our way, don't we? We're consumers. And I'm guilty. Anybody else in here guilty of just being a consumer? And when you do, I'm the only one out of a church full of people? God issues. I do have issues. You guys are just a glorified saints and how awesome and holy and forever it is to be in this beautiful assembly of fine folk that never gripe about anything that's ever started to tell you wrong. Liars. Den of thieves. Whitewashed sepulchers. That's what Jesus did when he, he called them out. Um, I'm not saying that about you. I love you. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the American culture is that we we are consumers, and and he talks about in the sermon guide that we are not to be consumers but contributors. That the second that the church gets off of a consumer mentality, well, I don't like going there. They do this with children's church. I don't like going there because they do this in nursery. I don't like going there because the youth group does it this way. I don't like going there because people greet you at the front door. People don't like a lot of things. Let's get over ourselves, and who cares as long as somebody's coming. That's right. Amen. 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 All is well. And not treat the church as a consumer. You're not going to have it your way. This is Jesus' way. This is yeah. Jesus' club, and He can do whatever He wants with us. Right. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's for Him. And service above self puts us in a mindset that would open up our mind to say, whatever you would have me do, let me know. Yeah. They sang a song about it. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, right? Anybody sing along with her? Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Is he welcome? I hope he is. Because the Bible says that we can't grieve the Holy Spirit, and when we grieve him, that means he leaves the door and leaves us sitting here by ourselves. And I don't want to have church services where it's about us. I want it to be about him. Because He's the only one to make a difference. I can't make a difference. You can't make a difference. He is the only one through us that can make a difference. Amen. If you desire to see our society change, our communities change, we need to be actively involved in saying, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Thank God for those organizations that are doing good. It's time for the church to waken out of our slumber and go back to the days that the community 
is worth investing in as a church. And there's all kinds of verses, and I've got them all in here, but you get this, right? Jesus set the example through his red letters to say, serve. And there's many occasions of that. And one of the best ones that I know of is the instance where Jesus, in the final hours of his life, calls his disciples together. They go and get the food prepared. They go in this upper room, and they're there preparing. It's the Last Supper. You've seen pictures and images of it throughout your life, I hope. If you haven't, look it up, the Last Supper. And as Jesus is there, it says that he gets up and he takes a towel, and he goes over to his disciples. And these were people that didn't have showers. They took a bath once a year when they felt like it. And it says that he knelt down and he got on his knees and he took a, a bowl and a towel and he sat there at their feet and he said, I'm getting ready to clean your feet. And Peter, his number one disciple, the loudest mouth, maybe not the number one, but the one that spoke out the most, said, you'll not wash my feet. I, I won't let that happen. Jesus, you're not, you're not going to serve me like that. And Jesus said, if you won't let me do this, you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he was doing it to paint a picture of service above self. And as he began to wash their feet, can you imagine the tears of those disciples of thinking how wrong they was and how close-minded they were and how that they were offensive to Jesus' ministry throughout the three years that they spent with him. And as he's there washing their feet, all those minds and memories would come back. And heartache and pain that they had caused. And Jesus said, I don't care what you did. I care about who you're going to become. That's what he's doing in this place today. He's knocking on your heart's door to tell you it's not about who you've been. I'm telling you who you're going to become. And those disciples that said, you're not going to wash my feet, become the people that went out and preached the gospel that spread throughout the world and is still running rampant today. And there's a reason we're sitting here in this church service. He saw their future. They saw their past. If you want to do away with your past, let Jesus serve you by saving you so that you can make a difference in this world. If you don't know him today, today is the day of salvation, it says in Scripture. Every day is a good day for salvation. So as we're sitting here today, let the dust if you'll play something. It's 1125, and I've got five minutes to go, so we've got another baby dedication to go. We need two more. No, we need two more babies to, to dedicate. So this is the last one we've got booked, but if you want to dedicate your baby, I'm not calling you out or anything, but I'll be waiting so next weekend. Um, I looked at her. Um, if you got a baby, you ought to dedicate them to the Lord because it matters to Jesus, because he loves, he said, Suffer not, and let these little children come unto me. 
for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And unless you become like them, you'll not enter that place. I love babies. This church loves babies. I love hearing them cry. I love hearing them slurp on bottles. It's just a beautiful thing. But here in this place today, Jesus is sending his Holy Spirit right now third part of the Godhead that's still here. He said it's beneficial that I go away so that as I go to prayer place for you, it's in your benefit because the Holy Spirit's going to come and He's going to change you from the inside out. So if you would just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come in this place today and I invite you to knock on hearts doors of of seasoned saints, of those that are afflicted, of those that are hurting, of those that have a past that they're just sitting here that they feel like they can't get over. Holy Spirit, you are the only one that knows how to knock on their heart's door so that they will accept Jesus and the blood that he shed on Calvary. You're the only one that can paint a picture of the future in their mind, in their imagination right now of a life of service above self. Holy Spirit, I pray that you begin to do that work even now. That it becomes so personal that they can feel and sense and know that you are knocking on their heart's door and it's, it's undoubtable. They can't even doubt that it's you. They know it's you right now. They sense and know and feel that it's you. Beating on their heart's door and saying, Come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest for your souls. So if you're in this place right now and you don't know him, You're not in a personal relationship with Jesus. Now is the time. Or maybe you've known him before and you walked away from him and you abandoned him and you went on and done life your way and you're sitting here now and you know and he's knocking at your own door and saying, come back home. Come back. You know the pain that you're living in and you're ready to lay it down. Now's the moment. Now is the time of salvation. So if you're sitting here in this moment and you can sense and know that Jesus through the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door and he's saying, come, give me your life and see what I'll do with it. And you're willing to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, that's me and I'm ready to do just that. I'm ready to tell Jesus, here's my life. You can have it. Amen. Thank you for that hand. Is there somebody else? Anybody? Amen. 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 Hands and hands. Anybody else? Today's my day. Amen. There's others. She needed to say, today's my day. I'll give you my life because I'm tired of messing it up. I want this life that I see others live in peace. They have a hope. And I want that. I desire that today is my day to give my life to Jesus. Anybody else? Don't 
be bashful. This is not the time. Just give him your life. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to bring you up in front of the church. There's going to be none of that. This is between you and him. There's others in here. I, I feel like you, you need to make this move. You're ready. Don't be afraid. Tell him the words. Just lift up your hand and say, this is me, Pastor. Anybody else? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you for those that raise their hand. Lord, that in a step of obedience towards you, they've recognized the need they have for you. And Jesus, I pray right now as they are telling you, I give you my life. Jesus, I know that you will accept them right where they're at, that no sin will separate them from you because you died on a cross for those sins. And Jesus, you're going to wipe away their past and you're going to paint a bright future for them. And God, I pray that service above self would be in a reality as they walk out these doors today, that they will see uh, the world from a whole different lens. And they will see opportunities to serve like you served. Awaken their hearts to sense and know that you're everywhere at all times. Thank you for their salvation. And thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen.